0: Welcome to Improv, Beat by Beat. I'm Curtis Rutherford. I interviewed a whole bunch of different improvisers, and then edited together chunks of those interviews to investigate different aspects of improv, one piece at a time. This is episode 26, Advice. As with the Clichés and Gaps and Best Notes episodes... I asked nearly everyone I interviewed the same question near the end of our interviews. What advice would you give someone in his or her first year of improv? As you'd expect, there are things that almost everyone agrees on, and then there are parts everyone disagreed on. When I asked for advice for brand new improvisers, improvisers in their first year of improv, there was one piece of advice that came up more than almost any other. What advice would you give someone in his or her first year of improv?
1: My, like, gut answer was, like, see lots of shows. I guess see a lot of improv.
2: See as much as possible without burning out.
3: I think that that's, like, one of the best uh, ways to understand it. And whether to know if you want to keep doing it.
4: I would tell people to see a lot of Improv. Do a lot of improv, obviously, but see a lot of improv.
5: Watch a lot. Watch a lot right now. You'll probably remember a lot that you
6: see right now. Go see good stuff, like feed yourself good stuff. 60% of learning improv at first is watching it.
4: There's things you can learn from watching improv that you just can't learn from classes. Things that people say will describe, suddenly you'll get it just by seeing it in action.
6: I
7: was going to shows like two or three times a week at least going to see ASCAT and Harold Night every single week.
8: Watch a ton of shows with a critical eye. Don't necessarily just let yourself enjoy them <laughs> because you learn so much, even from shows that are not great. Being critical in that way is helpful to your own brain. Seeing a lot of improv will tell you whether or not it's something that's for you.
6: Do it a lot. Watch it a lot.
0: See shows! That was Maritza Montañas, Liz Noth, Chris Scott, Morgan Phillips, Will Hines, Bill DePiro, Achilles Stamatolaki, Ashley Ward, and Ray Cordova. Ashley Ward touched on critically watching shows. Some people bring notebooks with them to shows or take down notes after. But even if you don't do that, have some fun not only picking apart shows with your friends, but also just enjoying great shows and talking about what you were impressed by. Watch improv, watch it out of love, but also watch it analytically. What moves would you have made on that game? What second beats would you have brought back? How would you have initiated a second beat for that scene? How would you have justified that behavior? Here's Sebastian Canelli with a bit more on actively watching shows. Go see shows, actively watch shows. Don't passively watch
9: shows like how, uh, what I said before about like really focusing, paying attention, seeing why they gotta laugh, seeing, like, trying to label games, trying to figure out what moves that they're making in the scene are. What
0: you said about you were not trying to be an audience member, so you're not watching it like an audience member, yeah. I feel like is, exa- is exactly that.
9: Yeah, it's honestly amazing that Harold Knight is the night that gets a lot of laughs. Mm-hmm. Because it should be the night that gets no laughs. Yeah.
0: I don't understand. It should be an entire audience of people with their arms folded, just like nodding, like yes. a, like to a like 1950s jazz poetry type thing. A hundred percent. And I've thought
9: about this. It's puzzling to me why it gets so many laughs. I guess because they recognize all oh, their. It's more recognition laughs that they're doing good jobs at stuff. But I want to be watching learning, and I think that more people should be doing that. And I also, I think at a certain level, you do that. You know, if you're like in, in the lower levels, obviously. It, things are like amazing to you, right? So it makes sense why you're going nuts.
0: That was Sebastian. A piece of advice that came up an astounding number of times was reps. It's hard to overstate how important this is. For some reason, we often trick ourselves into thinking that we're magically going to become good at improv just because we're funny, smart people. But like anything else, it takes reps. Practice a lot. If you want to be
9: great at it, you're gonna just have to put in a ton of work and practice.
6: Do it as much as you can without ruining your life. (laughs) I was like this, you know, that meant every night. I I loved it, Mm -hmm. it was awesome. Um, For other people who have you know jobs and and responsibilities and families Maybe that's only two or three times a week or maybe even just once a week But do it as much as you can
0: if you want to get good at it It's just reps people treat improv a lot of the time like it is just like who's doing the biggest like home run Who's doing the like Mm -hmm. biggest swings, but it really is it's like batting average
10: treat it like work for a while So that it gets better Mm. if it's a long-term goal of yours. It's okay to just be gritty and work hard on it for like a year or two. Cause it'll, if you get a, a whole lot better, it'll feel so much better yeah. when you come out the other end.
7: If you're in a class, also practice once a week outside of that class. If you're not in a class, practice once or twice a week.
4: It's really rewarding to to find a group that you play with all the time, and you can get really good as a group. But a good test of yourself as you're doing more improv is, can I do this with people I don't know? Doing jams, doing as many groups as you have time for.
6: Don't try to get good at everything. Pick a few things to get good at and, and concentrate on those things.
11: We had a discussion and somebody asked, Drew, I'll name drop, um, was like, well, what are you thinking? I know what a bad scene looks like and I know what a good scene looks like, but I don't necessarily know how to get myself. Like, I know the rules, but I don't necessarily know when I'm in the scene how to get myself to a good scene. And it's like, well, at that point, it's muscle memory. It's you trying to chase what the good scenes you remember doing felt like and keep trying to recreate that feeling. Oh, that one funny scene that I had with Rachel, it felt like I was like making big choices swinging from the hip. So that's what I'm going to try to like replicate that feeling of every time I step out. Less thinking about like I'm trying to develop certain skill sets or I'm trying to get good at certain things and more like I'm trying to make it feel really natural to do the scenes that I've enjoyed doing. If
3: it is something that you want to get good at, it's going to just take so many reps and so much of Mm -hmm. your time that I think that warrants some thought. It's
0: just about like practicing like anything else. That was Joey Price, Patrick Noth, Kevin Mullaney, Lily Dew, Morgan Phillips, Nicole Dressbell, and Liz Noth. Kevin Mullaney talked about focusing on just a few actionable things. Defining goals that make improv manageable. Those are the fundamentals, the bread and butter of yes and, who what where, and active listening. When Nicole talks about getting to a good scene through muscle memory, that's the goal of practice and of exercises. So you feel what a good scene is like, and you can return to it more easily. And the things we work on most in exercises? Fundamentals. With more on the importance of these foundational things, here's Will Hines and Lou Gonzalez. I guess focus on the fundamentals,
5: all the fancier rules that you're hearing, and the edge cases don't matter as much as, like, say yes, Mm -hmm. say why, you know, specifics, whatever, you know what the fundamentals are, like, just do that. Be aware that there are fundamentals and do them. Like every sport has fundamentals. Don't get fancy. Don't try to get fancy. Like right. just stick to the fundamentals.
12: I think ultimately what you when you're early on, I think you should just focus on listening. Listening and your who, what, where. First year improviser, that's all you need to do. Just listen and figure out what your who, what, where is. Figure those things out uh, as a first year improviser. Work on that. That's all I really want. Them to really be working. Where are we? What are we doing? Listen to what's being said to you. That's enough. Once you have figured that out, you're great. <laughs> Cause and I'd say like year two, that too. Yeah. Because that's that you know like, it, you're focused so hard on game. It's just like okay, well why don't you first figure out what like what's happening in the scene? It's hard because the the pressure is there. It's very real.
0: That was Will Hines and Lou Gonzalez. You get it. Reps are important. They might be the most important thing. Now, unless you're one of those lucky few people who has a consistent team from the very beginning of your improv career, chances are that practice groups are where you're going to get most of your reps. Now, if improv is just a fun thing to do once a week, that's great. But if you're listening to this, it's likely that you're more serious about improv and you want to get good. If you do, you have to treat this with some degree of discipline. Here's Sebastian Canelli.
9: Get a practice group, form monthly dues so everyone shows up, do monthly dues. That's going to make the team more consistent. And when the team's more consistent, you could work together as a group better. Everyone will show up if they they know they're losing 10 bucks. It's amazing how that money shit works like that. Everyone should just do fucking monthly dues no matter what. If you want to make this a career, I don't know what a professional improviser is, but I would say like being on a team, that's like being a professional improviser. All of a sudden people are paying to see you if you want to be that act like a professional show up on time to practices you can't be fun you can't be like i'm gonna be funnier today but you can be on time Mm -hmm. and that's like the easiest thing to do just be an adult about it (laughs) and i am literally the worst person and i only know all this stuff because i fucked up so much along the way so like all these little things are important to me because i was the person making all these mistakes showing up late to class, coming up high to class. Like, I'm, I wasn't getting anything out of that right. shit.
0: But if you are trying to be a professional comedian, you need to be a professional. Yeah. Which is all those things of, yeah, show up sober, show up on time, re, like, listen to all the things that you're given.
9: Is it a crazy show up sober? You don't know how many times I've, like, coached a, a group and they've been like, we just went out for drinks. Yeah. Really? All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Tuesday at 6.30. <laughs> I guess you needed your drinks! Yeah. Honestly, if a slobby, drug-loving fucking asshole like me from Staten Island could figure that shit out, literally anyone could do it. Right. It's
0: just about if you want to do it. Yeah. That was Sebastian Canelli. Forming practice groups can be daunting when you're starting out, and maybe you don't know many people. So, how do you ask people to practice with you, and whom should you even ask? Here's a bunch of improvisers.
2: Find a practice group and just have fun with it. Practice, get in a practice group, whatever it takes. Uh, If they fall apart, form another one.
13: If there's people in your classes that you enjoyed playing with and you felt comfort playing with them, or if you looked up to the way that they played in a way that wasn't, oh, I'm worshiping you. like, mm-hmm. But in a way of like, oh, I could feel like I could learn from a lot of this or we would play well. I would just reach out and be like, hey, any interest in being on a team? Or like- don't
3: be fearful about asking people who you want to work with to work with you. If you feel like you want to start a practice group and you maybe don't want to involve a certain person or you want to reach out to somebody you've never spoken to before who you just kind of have like an admiration for, mm-hmm. I would say just do it. Just give it give it a chance and it might not work out, but it also might and it might be really great because at that time, I think it's important to have a particularly a supportive group that you feel safe and comfortable with to just like work with regularly.
0: We are a community of people not asking other people to do things and then wondering why no one's asking us yeah. to do something. So
14: I'd be choosy with who you work with. Really only work with people you think are hilarious mm-hmm. and also think to yourself, is this person hilarious? And I don't realize it because they don't, look and act just like me. Surround yourself with like hilarious people that can challenge your point of view and have different perspectives from you. Play with people that you like to play with Mm -hmm. and get each other's backs.
8: Find
6: people you feel comfortable around to do it. I think that there is some sort of a benefit to being able to play with different people but you need to feel like at least rooted in some way in or like you need to feel like you can take risks and if you don't feel that way then it's I don't know how helpful practice is going to be.
3: A practice group full of people who are supportive and who you are excited to work with. Not that you have to be in love with everybody who you're working with um, because that's not always the way it works, but I do think it's important to have a safe practice group.
14: I guess this is almost the opposite of that, Mm -hmm. but just say yes to all the things until you get to a point where you have the opportunity to start saying no. But again, still, if someone doesn't make you laugh,
0: don't work with them. Yeah. That was Chris Scott, Kevin Hines, Kelsey Bailey, Liz Noth, Beth Appel, Molly Thomas, and Bill DiPiero. Being picky came up often in the advice. As Beth said, in the beginning, definitely say yes to everything. But eventually you want to start thinking about the people you want to be working with. As you get better, not all practices are equal. You want to work more and more specific skills, and for that play with people that have a level of competence that's similar to your own. On that, here's Alex Dixon, Chris Scott, and Molly Thomas.
15: I think a lot of people do a bunch of practice groups and stuff like that, and they don't necessarily love the groups that they're in. I would say like, be pickier about the people you do improv with. Mm-hmm there is certainly a part of improv that is just like support and trust whoever you're on stage with but i also think like especially if you're at the level of like 401 or advanced study you're allowed to be like i just want to do two prov with this person i love improvising with them or i love the way they do this thing i would love to do improv that way like they inspire you or whatever and it's also expensive people pay a lot for Mm -hmm. rooms and stuff so if you don't like feel like you leave your practice group and you're like oh that was cool or that was really hard but fun or i had a good time or whatever then like pick a different practice group it doesn't have to be a group of 10 people you can i remember when i like first met molly thomas in our advanced my first advanced study herald we just started doing practice groups the two of us and i learned so much because molly was so much better at game than i was Mm -hmm. but also she is an actor too and so we did like a lot of sort of sad scenes but i loved it And I felt, I actually like left a practice group to just do stuff with her because I didn't want to pay for both. And I felt a little bit bad about it, but it was like, because I was like, oh, I should be in an eight person practice room and I should be doing heralds, but... I think all those shoulds were like, no, you should be doing something that you think is fun where you're still getting better. And I've said that to people before where I'm like, you don't have to be, you don't have to come here every week if you're like, don't like this group. So yeah, I think that's my advice is be picky about who you perform with or who you practice with because it's expensive and it's supposed to be fun.
0: And given the size of the UCB community at this point, you can absolutely find, if you need an eight person Herald group, you can find seven people out of the thousand, two thousand, however many. Yeah. Yeah, and it will
15: make you better to love and respect and um, maybe even be intimidated by (laughs) the people that you're practicing with. If you feel like – if you're in a practice group and you're like constantly like, ooh, I'll fix this scene or like – Oh, let me help them clarify, then you're in the wrong practice group. Yeah. It's building weird
0: muscles that you're not going to need when you're actually on the the right team. That's right, yeah. I remember an interview with Chris Rock when he was like working on Bring the Pain, which mm-hmm. like became like that was Chris Rock's return to stand-up, essentially. It's mm-hmm. what made him the stand-up for a long time. And he talked about how he spent eight months just only listening to stand-up that he loved and only talking to people that he found hilarious. Oh, wow. Like, he was literally... He literally said, if you weren't funny, just get the fuck out. Like, he was, he did not want to talk to you. And wow. I feel that sometimes of, oh, when I'm hanging out with the people who are very funny and enjoy it and I'm on teams with every with that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it does fuel you in a different way. Yeah. You're then constantly on.
15: Yeah, I think because if you're ever doing something that's creative, you want to constantly, especially if you're literally doing the creative thing in that moment, you're always want to be inspired. Yeah. And so yeah, if you're yeah, if he's working on his new stand-up set and he's like, I need inspiration, yeah, you should hang out with people that you think are funnier than you or yeah. at least can play ball with you. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. <laughs> I like to think about him getting a phone call and just being like, I'm not talking nope. to you for 18 <laughs> <laughs> Yep, not dealing with my accountant now. <laughs> yeah. That dude is not funny.
2: Uh, year three, when you hit a... My year three of advice. If you hit a, hit a plateau, year three, do two prof. Uh, find a way to do two prof, even if it's a little expensive or get into another group and do it with a coach. So there's four of you or whatever, you rotate out. Um, I don't think anything makes someone at that like three-year slump where you are overthinking everything um uh, and maybe bailing on ideas, mm-hmm. um, or hesitating on the back line of being in a 2 prop and just having to be present for fifteen minutes
0: with someone. Um, was that when you and Nicole started doing the breakup, or was that maybe a year? <sighs> it was after? probably about. It was probably a little yeah. three, or three or four. Probably three. Yeah. There's also something confidence-wise of knowing. Oh, I just me and one other person can do, do a it. whole show. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think that opens you up. Yeah. A feeling. Like, um. Oh, if the two of us can do it, when I have seven other people, yeah, I should have no problem. I think seven other people is hard sure there's too many there's always too many voices and so you and you do end up having to stifle your own voice mm-hmm. because you're one eighth of a show um so it's harder if you're making if you are a more directorial person i'm a more of a nudger um and i find like in heralds and things that i'm doing less scenes uh, 'cause I'm more like more support and things in second and third beats because, um
0: yeah. yeah i mean same like it wasn't until right. sleuth with sleuth i pretty much like i forced not force myself, but I was like, you know what? I've been that person on my last like three or four teams. I'm just going to fucking first have scene. fun. I'm, yeah. I was kind of too aggressively like first scene, first <laughs> beat seen. for most of our shows. I would uh, say.
2: This this last audition round, which I think I did okay. At. I purposely, mm-hmm. have always been, was first suggestion, I'm initiating. Fifth suggestion, I'm receiving. Right. I was like, I'm stepping right away on both of those. Yeah. Now everything I'm always. It was always fourth and eighth.
0: Mm-hmm. And it doesn't like, I'm very much the like, I just want to have it done. Yeah. I want to just do it, do my scene. And now I can just watch these other scenes and whatever. Yeah.
16: Once you feel like you know enough of what you're doing, then make yourself a caretaker for the other people you're on stage with which I think I learned doing jams was if you're a jam leader, then it's your job to help make every scene successful, which doesn't mean you have to be in the scene or do a walk on or anything, but you're, you're kind of policing the jam to make sure everybody's being cool with everybody else Mm -hmm. and to help, support people's moves. So like once you're able to do that, I'd say do that unless you're the kind of kind of personality who is too much of a caretaker and and then maybe take up more space and don't worry about other people as much.
0: Okay. So then somebody in their third year of improv,
16: your team is everything. So Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're a trustworthy teammate and you're getting each other's backs and that uh, you trust the people and like the people you're playing with. And I guess assume that you do. So it's not staring at everybody going, do I really trust you? But just like, yeah, these people are good natured. I like playing with them.
0: And so how would you push somebody to be more of a supportive, trusting teammate? Or is it one of those things where it's just like by keeping that in mind, people naturally kind of push more in that direction?
16: Mm. I guess really observing each other within a scene and try to, try to understand what your teammates are getting at and play that. Yes. So don't worry. So third year, you know what you're doing. You're not as panicked when you're on stage about like, what am I going to say? So great. Then focus on what the other person is doing and what they want and right. help them do that. Is that kind of like, I'd love to put luke field in a in a horror film or in a have him be a metal music critic right
0: it's that meta level of communication where it's i both know what you're saying as a character as and i know the improviser underneath what you're getting at and i can help you get there right which is easy to miss
16: Right. Right. Yeah. There's so much focus and I had it. There's so much focus coming up of like, uh, like I don't know what I'm doing or Mm -hmm. I think I know what I'm doing. How do I stack up against these other people? Or in an audition, like I want to get on a team and it truly is, you're doing it as a group or you're not doing it at all. Like you might be really good, but if you're not playing as a teammate, then like, you know, yeah fuck you. Or you might be a great teammate, but if you're not like making, taking big swings sometimes, then, then you're not doing everything you can do. Right. So if you're naturally a very supportive player and like great and jump great at jumping into group stuff, sometimes you got to play the solo too and let yourself do that.
0: That was Alex Dixon, Chris Scott, and Molly Thomas. Now all this practice will do little good if you're not actually putting any of it into action. It's very different to hear what a coach laughs at and what an audience laughs at. But don't take my word for it. Here's another bunch of improvisers.
13: Find people you like and do shows with them.
0: Try to do shows and do tons of shows and shit the bed.
9: Do shows in the basement of Triple Crown.
17: Play in as many underground spaces as you can.
7: Do shows. Like don't just do don't just do practice groups.
17: Those are my best memories as doing all the theater underground. I mean, some really fun stuff at Triple Crown under St. Mark's, be underground and make mistakes. Find a team, do it,
7: do it with an indie team so that like you're starting to work on like finding
9: strengths in each other. The, the show is the reward for the work. Set up a monthly show somewhere, ask teams to be on that show. They'll ask you to be on their show. That's like how it works kind of, or like find a stage that you can perform at and continue like learning from multiple sources. If you have a dumb idea, Try to do it.
13: Don't just do a practice group with your class. Think of other people that you're in other classes with and just try and start to do shows for fun or to learn different forms and to do those. Explore what the other venues are. Like go to Kaleidoscope, sign up for a Kaleidoscope. Take a little bit of the nerves away the more venues you go to and like the more shows that you do.
7: That's such a part of what we do as improvisers is having an audience like uh, like we can't be doing this in a vacuum it needs to be uh, like to bring it back to the the basketball metaphor it's as if all you did was just shoot in the gym and then you never actually played the game more doing shows more rewarding
0: yourself for the work you do in the practice groups that was kelsey bailey sebastian kennelly patrick noth joey price jessica morgan achilles staminolaki and jesse lee Kelsey Bailey mentioned how shows slowly erode that inherent fear of improv. Shows can be scary. Improv is scary. But the best way to get over it is to just do it. With more on that, here is John Timothy.
18: Do as many shows as you can. Uh, There's no replacement for it. You will never be playing like you have the capability to play if you're afraid to be on stage right and the faster you can the faster you can get over that and the faster you can get comfortable doing just shows like like i remember becky (laughs) drysdale they're talking advice like becky drysdale once told me that uh the only she only got good when she stopped caring i guess which i don't i don't i hope that's not as nihilistic as it sounds but like that you have to kind of get over every show being special and every show being like a test of your self worth right. or like if if I'm at bad at this show then that proves I'm bad at comedy or I'm a bad at improv because you you'll never be great like you might not you might go out there and not make mistakes you will never be playing in the way that will make you great yeah. if that's kind of where you're playing from you know
0: it so. is a specific way of not caring of like mm-hmm. I don't care that they might not like me or yes. love me I can still go out and care what they're giving me mm-hmm. without like having it affect my self-esteem.
18: Yes, absolutely, right? Like there's there's damage mitigation versus like uh you know, there's the way you have to play of giving people things and if they don't pick them up, well, you know, they they sure they should have, but and that might make you feel silly, but you are better off and the scene is better off for you having done that as opposed to, I don't know, nannying people during the scene or like, you know, uh, doing whatever. Um, And I think the second thing and probably the hardest thing is to get a group of people uh, who you can rehearse with every week and it's the most important thing in your week. Uh, I think it's not an accident that I formed a group out of my 201 or all of us ended up on house teams someplace, I believe. Uh, And like four, five of us ended up on teams, the sketch improv at UCB. Like, it was a lot, and it was just because on Mondays was when we rehearsed, and it wasn't a question of, oh, well, I've got this. It's like, no, that's when we rehearse. It, it's not like a thing. And so you just catapult so far past your, like, classmates because you're doing literally twice as much as them. And then on terms of shows, you're doing, you know, maybe at a certain point you're doing two or three extra shows a week, tripling, quadrupling, quintupling the amount of shows versus people who are started at the exact same time as you and they are only taking classes.
0: That was John Timothy. Ultimately, fear is about the fear of being bad. Fear is the mind killer. What if all of these people see me bomb on stage? I'll spoil the ending for you. They will. You will inevitably fail. You will be bad. You will be bad many, many times. And you will be bad in front of groups of people, some of whom will respect you and love you. Will they still respect you and love you after the show? Yes. You are going to be bad.
14: You aren't good. <laughs> Is this bad?
9: It's going to suck. You're going to have a ton of bad shows. Even if you're funny, you're going to do bad scenes.
5: You're going to do a lot of bad scenes. So don't worry about it. You're going to have stretches where you're terrible, where you feel like you've never done a good scene. Be okay with it. Like you're going to be. Ian Roberts did a talk on um, game, I think, uh, on the Improv for Humans podcast. And one of the things he talked about was people complaining about being in their head. He's like, you should be in your head. It's hard. And I think that's sort of what I would want to say. It's like, if you're in your head, you don't want to be. But don't be mad at yourself for being here. You're not going to be able to bully yourself out of your head. Just keep doing it.
9: Just really, really, really be
6: willing to fail and don't beat yourself up over it.
9: Like, I feel like sometimes you get students that are funny and they know they're funny and they've been funny their whole lives and then they do bad scenes because everybody does bad scenes when you first start. They get almost panicky and it's like, well, you you need to fucking let go of that because you're going to do bad scenes.
14: You won't actually be good for a while. So don't worry about it. Just try to learn the rules and yeah. do those and then at some point you'll just be good. But you're you're not yet.
6: Be willing to fail because you're trying. Uh, instead of uh, just trying to be funny and not really trying to do the work.
0: That was Joey Price, Beth Appel, Sebastian Kennelli, Patrick Noth, Kevin Hines, and James Dwyer. Being funny is one of those ideas about improv that we need sort of washed out of us early on. Not that we shouldn't be funny, but we think the way to be funny is to tell jokes, and improv instead shows us that it's about characters, it's about situations. There are, of course, some other preconceptions that we all bring into improv that we all need to work on constantly. Here is Jessica and Kelsey. What advice would you give someone in his or her first year of improv?
17: Ooh, um, his first year of improv, let women speak, her first year of improv, speak, and don't let men speak over you. Yeah, I firmly believe that, and honestly, this may be a bit much, but... Shut them down. If, if they're talking over you, just be very clear and say, I was initiating in notes or whenever, or if it's, a, if it's an option in that moment, just, you know, just speak. Make sure that you are, if you are initiating a scene, initiate. Do not let him take it. And also, yeah, for, for him, just listen. Just be a better listener. I, think. I,
0: a couple weeks ago, I saw a Lloyd team do a pattern game, and it was 50-50 gender-wise the men spoke for 80% of it. Mm -hmm. And that's, if I were coaching, I wouldn't know where to put the blame. Like, and I don't know that it needs a blame, but it is that like...
17: Observe that this is happening. Yes. Be aware that this is happening and we'll change it. It's no, you know, no one needs to be mad, Mm -hmm. but let's just be aware that for 80% of the time, the guys were talking. And that could be that those four guys, the way they manifest anxiety is by talking. And the way that those four girls manifest anxiety is by being quiet. It doesn't mean anything about anything, but just be aware of how that looks to students out there and to your audience and how that feels for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's my number one piece of advice for improvisers in the first year.
13: Don't use slurs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't use slurs if you're on stage. That's my biggest thing.
0: Yeah. Even we have this like don't think mentality and it feels like, oh, just Mm -hmm. doing this thing and it's...
13: Yeah. Don't think, but also think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Think am I going to be hurting anyone on stage with me or in the audience? Yeah. Um yeah, cuz even like especially now I feel like just with the political climate like you have to be a little bit PC. Yes. Like don't don't play a character because it was it called for it was in the moment like maybe you shouldn't have to be playing someone in a stereotypical way or like yeah. uh maybe that didn't need to be introduced that wasn't necessarily the weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um I think just having a little bit of a level head Yeah. right now. you got to think about other people a yeah. little bit.
0: Uh, it is a mistake I have made on Lloyd Knight. Was, I was oh, really? in a scene with, uh, it was like a group game with Apruzzi. And it mm-hmm. was like, I don't remember, it was like something like, we were like stereotypical like douchebags watching someone swing. And so it was like, oh, what does a douchebag do? Oh, they call someone gay. And mm-hmm. then I did it and it was like, oh yeah, that was wrong. And I yeah. knew instantly it was wrong, but it was like, I should have known way before. And then right. afterwards Apruzzi was like, dude, you, you know that. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I felt it too. Yeah. I was like, yeah.
13: I mean, sometimes you just have to learn the hard way, but yeah, uh, yeah err on the side of caution.
0: And it's, there's and also true. the feeling of kind of like, oh, I'll get away. Like, I'll get away with it either because I don't seem like someone who's using it out of right. anger or hatred right. or anything like that. It really doesn't matter.
13: It's my character. Yeah. yeah I think no, that's like still, something. Yeah. You're still a person, you right? know, you're still a person. So yeah. that would be my biggest thing. Yeah. That applies to anyone in their first year, second year, third year, fourth year, Lloyd team, Herald team, weekend yeah. team.
0: That was Jessica Morgan and Kelsey Bailey. By the way, that Lloyd show I mentioned was six years ago, and I still feel pretty terrible about it. Rightly. I'm an idiot. Don't do that. Right? We can all agree on that? That I'm an idiot? Fantastic. Anyway, I also asked about advice for improvisers in their later years the first year I was in two practice groups starting from like
7: uh, 201 or, or uh, 301. So I really like delved into it. Um, my advice would be like, don't do that. <laughs> like my, <laughs> advice, my advice would be like, in order for you to be a good improviser, you need to have life experiences uh-huh.
4: beyond just uh, improv.
3: Do a few other things to supplement the improv you're doing.
4: Uh, there is that, that very true thing of the more life experience you have more interesting your improv will be, so doing non-improv things. Uh, is a a really good idea to make your improv better.
19: If we're trying to do real life on stage, you better go get a life. (laughs) Because you cannot just do improv. you got to keep doing real life on stage.
3: Yeah, I would say supplement it with other things that you like, whether it be like movies or maybe you like to go see certain kinds of performances. I don't know. Other things, reading other books, making sure that you have a foot outside of it in in, uh, other things that make you happy and then can also supplement your work that you do on stage. Mm -hmm. I think that keeps you out of your head a little bit.
10: Just live your life and learn new things. And like everything that you give yourself that's not improv ends up feeding into improv. When I have days when I don't have work and I'm at home just like replying to emails, scheduling practices, thinking about improv and I have to do a show that night, it's bad because I have no specifics to draw from. But if I've just watched an interesting movie, read an interesting book or like worked a temp job and spoke to a bunch of random people, then... Then
20: specifics feel easy because, yeah. like, I lived a person's life.
7: Try to also absorb different types of art.
20: My ratio is 20% watching improv, 20% reading about improv, 60% doing improv, but that should take up half of your life.
7: Go to a lot of museums and, like, watching a lot of movies and... and seeing, like, the types of movies I would see would be, like, weird, like, French movies that Mm -hmm. are, like, oh, this will be here for a week, and then, you know, uh, I remember seeing one that was, like, guy shaved, it was a French movie, and a guy shaved his mustache, and his whole life changed, like, his wife didn't recognize it, it was was a weird, kind of, like, psychological uh, thriller, but I was, like, oh, this is weird, (laughs) Um, but it was, it was also um, a thing that was, like, oh, this isn't just an improv show, this isn't, I'm seeing other things that are uh, uh, affecting um me personally you know
20: I definitely do try to read a lot um outside both fiction and nonfiction outside of outside of comedy and to take in art forms outside of comedy and and to do art outside of
3: comedy I've been recently getting back into like musical theater which is silly but I I've just like been appreciating listening to different uh, composers and like different um yeah just different shows all the way through and sort of appreciating this skill set that I don't really have. It's just a different, a totally different kind of storytelling, whatever, whatever does that for you, I guess.
7: People who are really into it tend to improvise from other improv scenes Mm -hmm. versus improvising from, oh, I actually experienced this. Try to resemble a real person, (laughs) behave like real people on stage Um, and worry less about like the rules, I think, like keep working reps, but like... um, your main goal should be to be uh, to have your behavior match a, a recognizable person.
20: I think when you discover improv and you love it, mm-hmm. it can start to consume you. And part of that's really exciting and wonderful, but you can't become a snake eating your own tail. Like you have to continue to explore not only just for ideas, right? Of like like you know, reading about the gentry or whatever, or going to the museum or, you know, interacting with people outside of this community for ideas. It's also about learning how you see yourself in the world and learning what you think about the world and the more that you can continue to grow that part of yourself the better your improv will be always.
19: Like I think it's about finding your footing and what you want to do like what you want to do with this art form what you want to do in comedy what you want to do in your life like I think it's about like who are you what do you want.
11: Start thinking about your voice that's where you want to start thinking about like what's funny to you what choices do you make that you like how can you keep encouraging yourself in that direction.
2: Start thinking about what kind of improv you like and want to do. And it doesn't start with what you've seen, but does not have to be what you've seen. Um, There's other stuff being done.
0: That was Achilles Stemadalaki, Liz Noth, Morgan Phillips, Lydia Hensler, Lily Dew, Jenny St. Angelo, Jesse Lee, Chris Scott, and Nicole Dressbell. So there you have it. Do other things, be a real person, and start thinking about what kind of improv you want to do. If you're looking at other art and living a full life, those things will influence and texture your improv in so many fun ways and they'll keep you from being just like everyone else oh and here's a note from alejandro the movie that achilles mentioned is la moustache and it's super weird and funny and interesting good movie for improvisers to watch it's a great example of a world game okay great alejandro thank you that's enough about the movie now you've just listened to a massive amount of improv advice And there's a big caveat to all of this, which is that nobody actually knows what the best advice is. We all have different journeys and experiences, and it's important to be reminded of that. Precisely because improv can be so abstract and mysterious, we tend to sometimes take advice as gospel, which isn't always the best. Here's Ashley Ward.
8: For me, a lot of times it's a thing of like celebrating my own mistakes, like saying something and going like, hey, this is a crappy note. I Mm -hmm. I know it's crappy and you know what, but it's the best one I have right now. And I got to, I got to trust my gut and tell you anyway, and sort of acknowledging that I don't know everything and I'm not always right. And this isn't the way it's a way. You know, I, I think like being really honest about that and I try to be real honest about when someone does something that I am like, Oh, I, I struggle with that too. Or like, you know, those kinds of things. I think that's, I try to come from, I guess, an empathetic place, Mm -hmm. you know, of like, yeah, we're all the same. We all are, we're all like just trying and trying our best Yeah, maybe that's it. (laughs) I just want students to always remember, like, we are all, all the teachers and the performers that you go and watch, we're all you. Sometimes a long time ago, sometimes not that long ago. And we all went through the same things. And no, not one of our approaches or paths are identical. They're all very different. And so like, every time you feel wrong, you're just being right for you. You know, you're not wrong. You're right for you.
0: That was Ashley Ward. With more on breaking rules, here is Jenny Santangelo. You mentioned whatever percentage of reading about improv. Oh, what yeah, do you baby. read about improv?
20: Oh, baby, you gotta, you gotta read uh, Improvise by Mick Napier. Mm-hmm. I think that it works as a. Perfect complement to UCB style because the UCB manual is a manual. It's mm-hmm. rules. It's all rules. And mix whole thing is sort of anarchy of improv. And I don't think that you can just have anarchy of improv if you don't understand what the rules are. But if you don't have anarchy, if you don't break the rules, you can't succeed. So that's what I really loved about reading Improvise was, was, and I, I went and did an intensive with him in uh, Chicago. Oh, cool. Which was really great. My brain stopped.
0: For me, imp- his book felt like the perfect, and maybe this is just like, oh, I read it at this point and therefore that's the perfect time to read it. But I think I read it at the, near the end of my first year me doing too. improv. Yeah. And it's, you've been so uh, indoctrinated with rules and they make sense, but there also, there's so many structures and formulas and you start to like tense up a little bit. Yes. That just hearing that kind of like, it's a book of saying, yeah, fucking do it, dude. Yes. Like just go, do yes. this, do that, yes um and there is like it's not just anarchy but it is like hey it's much more pushing the other direction that we sometimes get pushed. right
20: well and it also reminded me that like you know people joke that like improv is a cult blah 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 but there is a sense of religion in it Mm -hmm. right and much like all religions you're essentially trying to get to the same point be good to each other right most religions can come down to like be good to each other and i think with improv it comes down to be funny in a way that's easy, right? And for lots of people, that's through a bunch of rules. Let them be funny in a way that's easy. But I think there's lots of methods in, and there's no one path to the enlightenment of comedy. Uh, and I, the, So that was why I liked Improvise so much, as it was like, oh, oh, like, maybe a more Buddhist path in or right. like a more, you know, it, it just allowed for more options of how to approach the art form as opposed to like the one true way, which, which made me feel like, oh, I have more agency over this of like, I can decide, like, yeah. I like doing it this way, you know, while keeping in mind, I love rules. So I'm not gonna break the rules that much, but I, sure. might, I, might, I might change it just a little to yeah. make it more, to come to me a little bit easier.
0: That was Jenny Santangelo. And up next is Kevin Hines. Focus on what works. And that's great for uh, backline support. Mm -hmm.
5: It's great for in your own scenes, uh, looking back at what you've done personally or what your scene partner is doing. Don't focus on like, oh, we haven't labeled where we are. That's broken. I need to fix that. No, you're focusing on what didn't work. Focus on what's fun about the scene and then do things that make that more fun. like this is a fun scene it'd be even more fun if we were in a barber shop right so i'm gonna put us and i we're not and i know where we could be anywhere right now so i'm gonna put us in a barber shop that's fun instead of like oh i need to think of a place to put us what's a funny place you might get to the same answer but you're coming at it from a negative perspective and it comes across definitely comes across in support moves it definitely comes across a little bit in scenes and i bet when you're looking back at your scenes and i am a victim of this still but you look back at your shows you're like oh i did this did this. You're never going to forget. You're going to notice those bad moves, but in the long run, you're never going to forget the great stuff. So focus on like what you really did that you loved and try to do more of that. Not just to keep doing the same thing, but like, oh, I really loved when I did this move. God, I got to remember that feeling and do that again. Feel that again. I remember doing another mono scene where it was a dorm, and I just opened up the door and I leaned in. It was like for freshman year, for first day. And I leaned in. And I was like, "Hey, just so you guys know, I'm gonna be the guy who wears a cowboy hat on this floor." And then I walked out, and that's all I did. And I did that move partially because Eric and I used to do runners and shows. Yeah. He wasn't on this team at the time, but he used to do runners. This was Reuben Williams era, uh, and I was like, "I think it'd be funny if that's all we know about this guy." Yeah. And it really made me laugh. And then Ben Rogers came on and did the same move, and they're like, "Somebody else is wearing a cowboy hat." And it was delightful, and I don't think he, like, none none, none, of, none, of that's trying to fix anything. It was just, oh, that's fun. I wanted to play with yeah. that. Focus on what works.
0: I love that Kevin talked about what's fun in a scene. Your first couple of years, especially as you learn the rules, you're going to focus on what you shouldn't do. And you're going to try to do it correctly. There are beneficial parts of that. but focusing just on what you can't do too much can be limiting. You're doing improv because it's fun.
11: Find your people. And I know that's become like so... Uh, it's almost networky, But like the reason that you'll stay is because we'll get attached to people. Um, not to an institution, not to teams, not to like the really shiny person who you adore on Herald Night, but like, who are the people in your classes that you feel a connection to and you're excited by and you want to see every week and you want to know more about their lives? Because that'll either keep you tethered to the thing, even when you're feeling like you're not sure if you want to do it, which no matter how much you love improv, you might have those phases. And also, if you end up not doing improv anymore, that's still really valuable and mm-hmm. lovely. Um, I know people who aren't doing improv anymore, but they met their spouses and like, eh, that's enough. Yeah. That's, a worth, that's worth a couple thousand. Yeah. I don't know. I interned, so I don't know. But also, I met my partner in a class before. I met my partner in a class I paid for. So, you know what? Worth it.
0: Right now, your suggestion is hey, you might <laughs> date someone. Yeah. Okay. All
11: right, let's not say date, let's say love, because date say love. sounds okay. petty. But love is like a, a noble attribute. Would I be okay if I had never done improv after that Shannon O'Neill class, but I did date Chris Scott? I'm worried you're going to cut this, but I feel like this is what people are listening yeah. for. God, I can't, it's impossible to extricate improv from my eight year relationship. So I don't think I can answer it.
0: And also, I mean, I mean, yet yeah, like eight year relationship, but also your people is so much broader than that of. No, it's just Chris. The rest true. of you that's are, true.
11: I guess, icing or just like individual sprinkles. Right, right Like right. if you lost one sprinkle, are you going to notice? it's <laughs> so terrible.
0: That was Nicole Dressbell. Uh, Full disclosure, right after recording this, Nicole and Chris broke up. I'm kidding. Anyways, celebrate your mistakes. Focus on the people you meet. Be good to the people around you, because you're going to see them a lot. We saved one piece of advice for the end, and it's a pretty big one. Be healthy. Not just because it'll make your improv better. Be healthy because it'll make your whole life better.
21: Make sure you like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> this should be something that's a little scary because I think that's part of the fun of it. But it shouldn't be something that you're dreading every week, you know, or that you, you hate. And if you're feeling that way, don't do it because it's, it's supposed to be a fun thing. Right.
16: Even if you're finding it really challenging, just make sure you're doing it because you like it and not because it's a program that you see the beginning, middle, and end of.
19: I think
3: it's important to really weigh that of like, do do I really like this? Is this something that I want to participate in or fully commit
15: to? If you don't think this is fun right now, then don't do it anymore. Is that terrible? No. I don't say that to be like, stop doing it. But I do think, especially because improv has gotten more traction, Mm -hmm. I do think there's a lot of people who are like, no, I have to figure this out and get good at it. That mentality is good if you're currently having fun too. People who write novels are like, uh, writing novels is hard, but it's not like while they're doing it, they're like, I have to do this because I want to win a Pulitzer. Or what You know what I mean? So I think like anything artistic or whatever is like, is something, is something clicking, yeah. is something feeling like it's feeding you? If it feels like it's depleting you, then what is, like, what's the end game? You know what I mean?
3: I was just having a conversation with somebody who does a lot of sketch Mm -hmm. and used to do a lot of improv. And she was saying to me, like, I just feel like people in sketch are so X, Y, and Z. Just basically saying that it was like a better environment for her. And then I've also had people who do sketch where like it doesn't feel quite right Mm -hmm. for them so I do think these things are important of like this person spent a lot of time doing improv that she was like I learned from it but I I meant it it makes more of an impact that I'm somewhere else right now it it makes me feel I'm welcome here or I feel more at home or nourished creatively or whatever it is so I think that in that first year it's important to think about um, whether or not you want to you actually want to do this or practice it a lot
15: if you're not having fun then you truly are the asshole yeah please keep doing it, but only if you're like, oh, this
8: feeds a part of me that I didn't know I needed, that needed to be fed. Stop trying to be right. Stop trying to do it right. Stop trying to nail it every time. Like, and that's the hardest one because you, you want to do well, you want to get it right, and it feels like there is a right. And sometimes there is, but really the rightest thing you can be is like true to your instincts and to what you're learning. And taking the things that you've learned and using them. And I think what happens is if, if your main goal is to be to do it correctly, you're not developing your instincts and your sense of what's funny and what's good and what's needed in a scene. And so you're kind of setting yourself back instead of moving yourself forward.
6: So don't worry about anything that feels out of your control.
20: I really like to go on long walks through uh-huh. the city and just like see all the people. And just sort of remember like, oh, this is like a small, like I am small and this is big. And that's really nice. And yeah, to like keep putting things back in perspective of like, okay, hey, like you had a bad Herald. It's okay. Right? It's okay. Look at this little girl reading with her mom on the train. Yeah. That's more important probably. Right? Than like your stupid second beat move where (laughs) you're like, I'm garbage keep going
14: but only if this is really fun for you yes and if you're starting to get angry or jaded don't do it take some time off
4: it's always okay to take a break i don't feel like taking a break anymore ever Mm -hmm. but i remember feeling burned out on improv when i was first starting doing it every every once in a while so it'll still be there (laughs) when you get back
14: but if you're having a
10: great time keep going don't let other more jaded people's like bitterness bring you down. It only gets to be like all new and exciting for you that one time, so Mm -hmm. don't doubt it. You're allowed to just love it. You don't need to immediately be given your own show and be writing for SNL your first year, just like improv, and also know that those friends that you're gonna meet in like 301 and 401 who also love it and have all the time in the world, like those are your peers that you're gonna come up with and yeah, like soak in that time that you're in.
22: My mantra for a very long time was you are a student. You came here without a set of skills to a school that teaches a set of skills. Be okay not knowing them and okay learning them and okay being bad at them for a while. As long as you feel you are learning and growing, like you are on the path towards something.
6: Don't stress out so much. Get obsessed with it though. Like have fun. Get a little too into it. Make a lot of friends while you're doing it.
12: Be social with people in improv. We all know this. Improv's a place of like nerds and misfits and people who, who, who are introverts. And, and, you know, and I think it's easy to fall prey to your own issues and your own fears. Okay. Don't think people don't like you. Don't think people don't want to hang out with you. Don't think people don't want to be on a team. Don't think people don't want to play with you. That's all in your head.
21: People that you meet when you first start improv are often the people that you you end up as a lifelong friend of or a, a, at least a teammate of for you know, a couple months until your team falls apart, but usually longer. So those connections that you make at the beginning, like are important. Generally people that I find that people that start taking improv are really interesting, cool, dynamic people who also often are maybe new to the city or looking for like some sort of different creative outlet for themselves and so a lot of times people in a class are like ready to make a new set of friends and I think you should especially in like 101 and 201 try to capitalize on that because as you know as it gets later advanced study and that you know people start to have their groups established so I think 101 is a great time to meet some new people.
17: Be good to people. Be very kind, be very patient cause we're all learning at a different rate and this is a small community. I am experiencing right now, this week, the benefits of f- like, of being nice to people. Yeah. Of Like, oh, now they have power and they're offering me things that I can't give myself or skills I can't give myself because I was kind.
7: The more you are in this place, it does feel like, oh, I'm in this cloud now. This mm-hmm. is the, the way I like to refer to it is like you have your friends in here and then you have your gen pop friends, your general population right. friends <laughs> that are like, don't care about comedy yeah. or are very casual fans yeah. of it. And, um, I think of them as
0: civilians. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah.
7: yeah, they totally are. And, um, your bits just kill because you're like you're just you hone it so much and oh it they either kill or they're like relax like yeah, stop it.' Come like on. you <laughs> come on. you don't need to be constantly doing a bit every single time we're trying to hang out and right. just like be at a bar. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's my my biggest piece of advice is
12: start living. <laughs> you need to start treating it as what it really should be as an exercise for your brain and your ability to emote or present the self like use it as that that's what it is and that's all it should be stop adding things to it just because everyone thinks that's it doesn't mean that it is that who are you outside of the improv community and i think that's where a lot of people suffer
22: You need to take care of yourself. Like, I think there's a starving artist narrative that is, like, very celebrated. And I think sometimes you have to stretch yourself a little thin to, like, reach a goal. But you also need to take care of yourself so that you can enjoy this. Because I was like, oh, I have no money. I'm, like, barely scraping by. But I'm, like, doing it. And I was like, I'm fucking miserable. And I'm not funny. And I'm not... My life is, like, Swiss cheese holes in it. Yeah. It was like, no, take care of yourself. Like, figure out how to live a life so that you can come to improv the most full like with the most of life to put into it. go do a jam go do something that feels like doing the art form that you love for the sake of it and not because it's like a responsibility
1: trust that whatever you're bringing to improv is good i think with teaching new students i've occasionally heard concerns about like i'm not an actor and i'm not coming into this with the same background as other people what i have said and what i want to like keep emphasizing is like that's good yeah not just like that's okay everyone has whatever they're coming from Mm -hmm. And also in terms of like what work you do and how much time you have to commit to it. I've been on teams with people who like don't have time for improv outside of like going to practice and going to shows because they have like a real career that is entirely separate from entertainment in any way. And they're great to be on teams with. Assume that like that that is what you're bringing is good.
6: Do Do the things which seem doable. You know, there's going to be a lot of things that feel out of your control and don't worry about them. Um, And just have fun, you know, like this is it is it is the least productive way to to jumpstart your career is doing improv. So, you know, just enjoy it instead of worrying about becoming, you know, as good as you're supposed to be getting in the first year or whatever.
19: Be gentle on yourself. Don't lose the joy. I say this in every level of class. Like, uh, I'm always like, hey, guys, like, we're grown ups playing pretend. <laughs> like, relax. Like, this is crazy that we get to do this. Yeah. It's so stinking fun. Like, and, I, like, don't take it so seriously.
13: Um, so don't
0: worry about it. Have fun. Enjoy the process. Make friends. That was Molly Thomas, Jonas Scrabus, Liz Noth, Alex Dixon, Ashley Ward, Kevin Mulaney, Jenny San Angelo, Beth Appel, Morgan Phillips, Lily Dew, Jake Cornell, James Dwyer, Ray Cordova, Jessica Morgan, Achilles Seminalaki, Lou Gonzalez, Maritza Montañez, Kevin Mullaney, Lydia Hensler, and Patrick Noth. I'm going to add one more part about being healthy. And I've mentioned this before, but improv or any passion can make your life better in so many ways. But improv isn't therapy. Only therapy is therapy. In a previous episode, Morgan Phillips mentioned that at a certain point, the things in the way of you being good at improv are the same things in the way of you being better as a person. So definitely use improv to make your life better, but don't use improv as the only rope tethering you to the shore. If you haven't tried therapy, try therapy. Just like you wouldn't have a practice session without a coach, without an outside eye to say, hey, I noticed this. Get another set of eyes looking out for you as a person. Anyway, that was episode 26, Advice. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. Finally, thanks to Shem Pennant, who did the first pass on this episode, and to Alejandro Cardona, who co-wrote the episode and did all of the editing for this episode. He somehow took over three hours of material and made it into something listenable, which is incredible. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and if you have any feedback for me, please send it to improv at curtisrutherford.com c-u-r-t-i-s-r-e-t-h-e-r-f-o-r-d.com also if you want to support me and help pay for the hosting costs of this podcast you can do so via my patreon patreon.com slash actually curtis thanks so much to everyone who has done so and thanks to everyone who is part of this episode hi i'm jesse lee Lou gonzalez
16: kelsey bailey uh liz noth Molly Thomas Hi, I'm Lily
1: Dew
9: I'm Chris Scott Jake Cornell
1: I'm Rensa Montañez
9: Patrick Noth James Dwyer I'm Morgan Phillips
17: Alex Dixon
9: Sebastian Canelli.
17: Jessica Morgan
4: Ray Cordova Kevin Hines
17: Hi, Lydia Hensler
4: My
7: name's Will Hines Uh, Joey Price Bill DePiro. I am Achilles Stamatalaki
1: Nicole Dressbell Hi, I'm Jenny San Angelo
6: Kevin Mullaney
1: Ashley Ward
14: Beth Appel
18: Hi, I'm John Timothy
0: Sean Alejandro Cardona, and I'm Curtis Rutherford. Do you have any different advice then for somebody who has maybe been around for like, let's say like two, three years?
14: What's my advice for them? You're still not good.